0: On today's show, stars speak out against the vaccine on Media Day. We discuss the NBA's struggle to get fully vaccinated, plus how Russell Westbrook forced his way to the Lakers, Ben Simmons' future with the Sixers, and the latest injury concern with Zion Williamson. That's all coming up next here on a Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, everybody. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Ramil. Later in the show, how Russell Westbrook, along with LeBron James, forced his way out of Washington, Joel Embiid's comments on Ben Simmons, and a surprise appearance by David Letterman. But first, we turn to NBA Media Day, a day usually set aside for team photographs, cookie-cutter quotes, uh, updates on increased muscle mass, but this year included more drama as a few high-profile players across the league made public their anti-vaccination stances, including Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, and in Washington, an unvaccinated Bradley Beal, who David told reporters, I would ask the question to those who are getting vaccinated, why are you still getting COVID? That quote made the rounds on social media, uh, got a lot of uh,
1: comments on social media. David, what did you make of that comment from Bradley Beal? Look, I, I hate to say, it, I understand that perspective, because especially amongst Blacks in the United States, there is a healthy distrust of having any kind of government agency tell you, inject this into your body. And of course, there are concerns and were concerns that were voiced by health organizations about whether or not there would be long term effects of the vaccination and everything else. For a player like Beale, who already experienced COVID and by his own accounts, didn't really get sick other than losing his sense of smell, which is in and of itself a symptom of COVID, a problem. Uh, with COVID, that I I understand why he's being so vocal about this. But as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar pointed out in a recent piece by Rolling Stone, they have a responsibility to everybody that follows the NBA, but also just the general community, as we all do, to get vaccinated, not just for our own sake, but for everyone else's. And yes, you can spread it. But the chances of doing so are mitigated completely. And so Bradley, unfortunately, is a part of the problem. He is one of those players that is widely misinformed about the benefits of getting the vaccine. Yeah. And you
0: know, one of the things that the the backlash against that is yeah, you know, you didn't get the vaccine, you didn't get all of that sick, but you were a lucky one. Right. And you know, you're right. young, you're very fit, all these things you're, re- you know, you're relatively healthy compared to a lot of other people who could get sick and they're not as fit. They're not as healthy. They're not as young and, and they would have much more severe symptoms. And in a lot of cases, you know, die from, from this
1: and getting the vaccine. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily. He's got kids. He's got kids. Like they can't get vaccinated. That's right. the whole problem. Like me as a father of a toddler, I understand my responsibility is to try to avoid it can, you know, getting into any kind of contact like that, but Bradley apparently doesn't feel the same way. And that's part of the problem.
0: He doesn't. And, and it's not a sentiment, you know, it, it that's a sentiment shared by other high profile players. When I mean, you had Kyrie Irving, maybe the the most outspoken about all things that are kind of like this. Um, he was not at Nets media day because he's not vaccinated and he could be forced unlike Bradley Beal, who could still play home games in Washington. Kyrie Irving might not be able to play any home games because of New York city's COVID-19 protocols. Um, and was, when asked about this over a zoom call, because of course he wasn't allowed in the building at Barclays center, um, but he did do a zoom call. Kyrie said that he plans to release more information at a later time because he doesn't trust the media and whatever it is that Kyrie is about. And when asked about um, this, when Kevin Durant was asked about Kyrie's stance, he said he expects to have a whole team together quote at some point at some point does not sound good to me if I'm a Nets fan David at some point could mean tomorrow at some point could mean all-star break at some point could mean hey maybe he'll be back by the playoffs what do you expect from Kyrie Irving because I'll tell you what I expect
1: I expect him to miss time because that's kind of the whole deal with Kyrie Irving yeah I mean we saw it last year Uh, you know potentially for legitimate reasons he felt like he needed to take time step away from the game and things of that sort and I I think we're gonna see a lot of that this year from him too, I, and I think his teammates kind of just understand that that's part and parcel of trying to deal with a personality like Kyrie's. Is that he's going to do his own thing at some point, and then when he returns to action, he is one of the best basketball players in the world, and and that's you know that's a something you kind of have to learn to accept. Uh, you know, it's just there's a lot of jokes about Kyrie, and I understand that he often has been crucified as a player who often thinks of himself as the smartest guy in the room, but it's just, I'm so sick of seeing these anti-vax takes from him. Like I get it. Like I know he sometimes just likes poking the bear a little bit, poking media in particular when he says the earth is flat and things that sort whether he believes it or not, it's like he's doing the community a disservice by putting them out there because all it takes is one person who's easily influenced by player. And believe me, you should never be influenced by any player, right or wrong. And all it takes is for one guy to say, you know what? Maybe Kyrie's right. He's not. He's not. He's way off base here. Of all the players that we're talking
0: about and going to talk about, Kyrie Irving is the only one with a signature shoe deal. And <laughs> I, I point that only because he is highly influential. That's why he, Nike has agreed to make a shoe with him. It is a problem. I mean, there are people. I mean, you go to a pickup game now. You go to a pickup court out anywhere. And there are people wanting to be Steph. There are people wanting to be Kobe. There are, There's people wanting to be Kyrie Irving, too. And they're trying all the dribble moves and stuff like that. You tell me that they're not. Uh, I mean, they are absolutely influenced by what Kyrie Irving thinks, and they people love this like anti-media kind of
1: thing. People like that now. That's unfortunately where the media stands. It's free at this thinking. Point. That's how it's sold, right? It's packaged it as, Oh, I'm independent thinker, and it's like no, yeah. I mean, maybe we can just share in the same right thought. And I know part of the problem is accepting what's right and what's wrong. But yeah. Jesus, I mean, this is just—it's going to continue to be a problem if players start speaking out against this. And uh, it's I think not a problem. Season- It's not a problem for Milwaukee. It's not a (laughs) problem for Miami. It's not a
0: problem for Philadelphia, Atlanta, these teams that want to beat the Nets in the Eastern Conference. And that, to me, if I'm a Nets fan, look, you, you want your star players to stand for the right thing, but you also want your star players to be playing. And I just think we're getting to the point now where we look with Milwaukee coming off of that championship, and we're like, all right, well, now it's the Brooklyn Nets. They got injured in the playoffs. They'll have James Harden for a full season, all this. Kevin Durant's healthy. James Harden is healthy. Kyrie Irving is healthy for the most part right now. He's not vaccinated, but... Uh, And so I guess, I suppose that could change at any moment. Um, But uh, this, this is not good for the Nets. If they're trying to win a championship here, they need Kyrie Irving. Like you don't just because you have the other two guys doesn't mean that you're going to be ready to go, especially with how good Milwaukee is. Um, Then there's Andrew Wiggins also not vaccinated. Also not really saying anything. He's saying that he's going to keep all of that private because it's quote, a personal matter Um, went on to say that basically, you know, he has a belief in what's right and what's wrong and that he's going to continue doing what he believes in. He had a previous uh, uh, appeal to the NBA players Association, in the NBA that was rejected. You know, he wanted to, you know, have a religious exemption that was not accepted. And now he's kind of forced into a corner and he, he admitted as much. He's like, he's got, he kind of has his back against the wall right now, but not really saying one way or the other, what he's going to do. I think the Warriors have a problem right now with Andrew Wiggins because earlier on Media Day, Steve Kerr, Bob Myers both asked about this. They said, oh, no, we expect to have everybody who is healthy, meaning not Klay Thompson, James Wiseman, ready to go by the beginning of the season. I don't know. With Andrew Wiggins, the San Francisco ordinance goes goes in place on October 13th, so he'll be available in this short term. But long term, if he's not vaccinated, he's not going to be able to play home games. It's that simple.
1: Yeah. And we're going to continue to get dogged by this throughout the rest of the season. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just want some kind of return to normalcy, not just in our lives as far as code is concerned, but just even covering basketball, like the inability to cover media day in person because of vaccination rules and things of that sort. It's just, I'm I'm sick of it. And for players like, like Andrew, like for for him to finally take a stand on something after a long career of basically waffling in the middle. Now here he is taking the wrong stance. I I don't know. I, I just, I'm really done with this whole thing. What was his mood like as he's answering these questions? Cause it was course- the most interesting
0: media session he's ever had. I will, I'll, <laughs> I'll start there, but right. um, no, it was, it was at first, he was just normal. Andrew Wiggins, just very low key, kind of mumbling into the microphone um, glancing up from the table every so often. That's about it. And then after a while, he got a little frustrated with, with the media, I would say, and basically told them like, look, it's none of your business. And, but it is. But it is. But it is. It is. And, is I, yeah, and I'll give the, uh, the Associated Press's Janie McCauley. I'll give her credit. Said it. It kind of is. And we're giving you a plat. We're not asking you about this because we're curious. We're asking you about this because you're a public figure, and we're giving you a chance to voice your reasons for this. If you if you do indeed believe so strongly in having the right not to be vaccinated, then tell us. Like this is your opportunity. And Andrew Wiggins said, No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep all that personal. And I do and I am getting frustrated with players like Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving who have just the wrong view of what the media is. I know that we're it maybe it can be difficult to just you know compartmentalize this person who you're in a room with just talking one on one with, but it is it, we we are writing this, we are putting this out there for public consumption because you are a public figure, and when and it, you're look, you don't get paid twenty seven million dollars to play basketball, you get played. 27 you get paid $27 million to play basketball on TV in the middle of car commercials and beer ads. That's what you get paid for. And that's what I would love to explain to people like Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving. And by the way, have tried and people like Jamie McCauley have tried and they just don't, they just don't see it that way. They're like, no, I'm really good at basketball. That's why I get paid this much. No, that's not why that's why you're in this position. But, uh, and they have this, this idea that it's, it's personal. It's not personal, man. Not when you're a public figure. Unfortunately, That's that's what comes to the territory. If you don't want the territory, leave the NBA. I mean, that's I
1: I don't mean to sound like get off my lawn guy, but that's kind of it. Yeah. And how soon before we see something like that? Because I was just thinking about that right now, even as you're talking about this, like how soon before a major player or even a role player, anybody just says, you yeah. know what? I'm willing to walk away from the game. Yeah. I'm willing, willing to walk away from the money, the accolades and everything else, because this is my stance, my personal stance that I firmly believe in. And I'm not going to play basketball as a result. And I think well, Kyrie Irving's sooner.
0: kind of done a version of that. He'll just walk away from yeah. the game and be like, I'm done with this. And then like after a while, back. he'll be like, I, I changed my mind. I like the money. That was, that money was pretty good. Um, One other guy that I want to mention is Jonathan Isaac, not because he's the star at this level, even though he has star quality uh, uh, or potential, but had perhaps the strongest public comments on this, uh, saying that he feels like unvaccinated players are being bullied into uh, potentially getting vaccinated, being pressured um, by the NBA to get vaxxed. And he calls that pressure a, quote, injustice. I mean, by far the strongest stance by a player. Um, And you see what's going on here with hey, well, you know, you got to sit in a different section of the bus or on the team plane and you've got to wear a mask while the vaccinated players don't have to wear a mask. And you've got these other rules that these other vaccinated players don't have to abide to. And I think a normal person would be like, well, duh. But people like Jonathan Isaac feel like they're being bullied and they don't understand why. What what did you take? uh, What's your takeaway from Isaac's comments?
1: Well, he's an intelligent player. I'll be honest with you, even if this is just rooted in somewhat ignorance and and I'll, i'll preface this by saying also like i probably should have said this at the beginning neither of us are experts we just we're all speaking our opinions here i think we just have a concern for the general societal safety at large and and hearing isaac's comments i can see where a lot of players would draw parallels to segregation being forced to sit in a particular bus you know section of the bus or being quarantined away from everybody but that's the, that's the root of this situation here is that there are health concerns and your inability to get vaccinated greatly puts everybody else at risk. And that's where Jonathan is missing the point completely. And I know that for him, there are strongly rooted religious beliefs as well that are kind of driving him to this point, but it's just, he's wrong here. And I'm just, I'm sick of seeing these players use limited experience, limited research to kind of draw these conclusions that yeah. seemingly fall from out of nowhere. I, look, I know, again, I'm not an expert. I had concerns originally about the vaccine, but then my thought process is, well, you know what? If it can keep me safe, if it can keep my son safe, if it can keep everybody around me safe, I'm willing to take that chance. You know, a few months later, no problems. And I don't think that there are enough numbers showing that problems do exist from getting vaccines where these players have any legitimate concerns. It's widely disproved that the vaccine is the best and healthiest solution for it. It is, and... um
0: I just I wonder now, and you look at you know comments from Andrew Wiggins and and Kyrie Irving, and it's just like where they're asked, where are you getting your information from? And I remember you know Andrew Wiggins was asked, where are you getting information? Just oh, just everywhere. I was like, well, what does that mean? Does everywhere mean Facebook? Because that's not good. Does everywhere or does everywhere mean the you know? The government. I don't know. Like, what does everywhere mean? It's just, that's not a, that's not a good answer. Uh, It should not be coming from everywhere. That's this is not the kind of thing that should be coming from everywhere. Um, All right. Does we, we spoke about some of these instances, but more broadly the NBA is hovering right around 90% from a vaccination vaccination rate. rate. These are the big names right now that we're talking about, but with a 90% vaccination rate, it's going to be more than four or five players that are unvaccinated. Do you think the NBA has a problem going into this season, David?
1: Oh, absolutely. I I don't think there's going to be any kind of normalcy. They're losing ground here and they recognize more than any other agency or any other league that they kind of set the tone. They set the tone last March when they were the first ones to kind of just put a stop on their season, entering into the, 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 you know, the expanded bubble and everything else. They, they've kind of shown exactly how to handle these things. They set the bar and I think they just don't know how to handle this. There's a huge internal struggle between the players agency, between players and veterans that have, hair to four had louder voices in the locker room. Now all of a sudden all it takes is one player like a Wiggins or an Isaac to say, you know what, this is how I feel. And that kind of just sows the seeds of dissent and you're, you are going to start to see much more alienation, I think amongst players, because you're going to start to see some people kind of just, you know, holding others accountable and not getting along the way they were. I mean, you talk about chemistry as a whole being impacted. And I think that's what we're going to start to see here. And we saw it last year, Just with the frequent testing and everything else, now this is a completely different aspect, COVID-related all the same, and yet people are going to be, I think players are going to struggle, the league is going to try to figure out how to juggle this, and I don't think there's any easy answer other than just forcing players to do so, and then that brings about a significant amount of backlash. Well, and the problem
0: is the NBA has tried to make it a requirement to get vaccination, and the Players Association has pushed back very hardly on that, and it does not look like they're going to budge on that, and the easiest solution would be hey, get the vaccination or you can't play. And there's going to be 10% of the league that just doesn't play this season. And that's it. You know, just like we've seen over the last few years, a couple of years in all sports is that players are just sitting out full seasons. And that's what has to happen. But they can't get the Players Association on board with it. And until they do, you know, I think it's going to take the Players Association's leadership to get this done because, you know, the players are going to trust their own union more than... Kyrie is part of that Players Association leadership. that's That's unbelievable yeah
1: he's he's one of the loudest voices in the room and his is unfortunately one of dissension uh
0: the athletic had a really interesting article about the uh russell westbrook getting to los angeles a lot of really interesting stuff in there to me the most interesting tidbit was details on lebron james's uh cigar room i want to talk about that here in a little bit but first david tell the listeners
1: about rock auto well it's just it's been an organization that has been around for two plus decades, a family-owned business. If you're looking for parts for your car, sometimes you could go to a traditional chain storefront. You know, they start looking up parts in their computer. They start asking you questions. You feel embarrassed. Maybe you have no idea what you're talking about. Skip all that. No fuss, no must. You just go to rockauto.com's easy-to-navigate website. A few clicks away, and you get the parts that you're looking for delivered directly and safely to your door. And the best part is that the same low prices are available to everybody. Again, a family-owned business that's serving parts uh, auto parts customers like you online for 20 years amazing so if you're looking right now to get parts for your car or truck just use rockauto.com and when you're done go to the section that says how did you hear about us and write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you it's amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts you need for your car or truck that's rockauto.com
0: so according to the athletic russell westbrook convinced the washington wizards management to trade him to the lakers when he caught wind that the lakers were nearing a deal with the Sacramento Kings for Buddy Heald. Westbrook, who is a Southern California native, had been one of several players invited to LeBron's war room, which is the the, the phrase used in this article, war room in his LA mansion. This is a mansion that includes eight bedrooms and uh, most importantly, a wine cellar and a mahogany cigar lounge. So you could just see LeBron along with Anthony Davis and Jared Dudley just bringing players into this, this smoke-filled cigar lounge, swirling wine. So, and, and talking to them about what can you do for us, right? And you just don't even see LeBron's face. You just see, like, a, it's just hidden in a cloud of smoke or something like that. Um, so Russell Westbrook was one of those players, as was DeMar DeRozan, apparently. Who uh, And DeRozan later signed in Chicago. According to this athletic report, LeBron and Anthony Davis valued Russell Westbrook's playmaking and believe that all three of them can make it work, with AD apparently agreeing to play more center this upcoming season. Given this latest intel, David... Are you more confident in Westbrook's fit in L.A.? Uh,
1: No, uh, but I do want more details on the war room. I'm I'm just curious about this, like a lot of like half jokingly, but everybody talks about LeBron running the league. And of course, he's been somewhat quiet, I think, about the vaccination issue. So I wonder how he's going to play that i think he could persuade a lot of people in the league and outside of it if he were a little bit more public but anyway as far as a war room like i you know 100 percent, he controls the lighting in that right like he's got some remote control (laughs) right it just shines a spotlight you know when he's asking you a question so you feel the pressure much more intensely uh as for westbrook's fit i think ideologically he's always been a good fit there like he wants to win a championship he's a competitor he's a guy who understands what's necessary he's played with superstars like kd and others before I think it absolutely was a fine fit. It's just still a matter of him lacking efficiency. And I think that's just been the case with Russell Westbrook for years. We know he's going to compete. We know he's going to play hard. There's only one level to Russell Westbrook. Uh, It's not always a good one. And I think that's what's expected of him playing alongside LeBron James when they're obviously competing for a championship.
0: Yeah, I love that the cigar room is mahogany. Like, I don't,
1: I I like
0: cigars. I I don't know. Like, I enjoy a good cigar on a balcony or something like that. I don't know what that experience is like in a room of mahogany. Like, I don't even know if I've ever sat in a room of mahogany. I'm not even sure what that exactly would be like. I haven't been invited to the war room, I guess. I got to. How close is the wine cellar to the cigar room? I... That's also a pretty interesting because like, is it in walking distance? Can you, Hey, once you're done with one bottle, because if there's four people in there, that's one glass of wine each. So you need to have easy access to these bottles of wine. How many bottles of wine are they going through in each of these meetings? And as the meeting goes on, like do they become a little bit more agreeable as they drink more wine and smoke some more cigars? I don't know. That's very interesting to me. But uh, as far as the fit in LA, the other more interesting thing, I guess the second most interesting thing to me in this article is that Anthony Davis apparently agreed to say, you know what? I will play more center now it is a I'll believe it when I see it, because we've also heard this stuff from LeBron, too, about I want to I want to get rid of some of my playing duties. I want to just I want to, you know, delegate some of the playmaking stuff uh, so that I can play a little bit more off the ball. And then the season starts and he's like, and, that, and then we want to play faster and all this stuff. And then the season starts and they play deliberately and the ball's in LeBron's hands all the time. So it's like with Anthony Davis playing more center. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but it is kind of more than ever. Needed for it to work because there's not a version of this that works. If LeBron is holding the ball the whole time, Anthony Davis is not spacing the floor because Dwight Howard and, and Dwight Howard and, or Deandre Jordan are playing center. And Russell Westbrook is just standing in a corner being ignored by the defense. Like that version just doesn't work. I don't care how good LeBron and Anthony Davis are because the other two guys are Trevor Ariza and Wayne Ellington or some assortment of players like that. Like that's, that's just ain't going to work. Um, so, you know, I, I, I wonder if it's actually going to work in one respect again i'm 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 skeptical in the other respect i think these guys are smart enough to know there isn't that leeway that maybe lebron had in the past
1: and why add three older centers to your roster if none of them are going to play like you've got all these centers here yeah. like i don't understand what their role is for like do they even have a role why add deandre jordan as if he's some missing piece to your contention if he doesn't expect to play I don't, I don't know. And then you've got Trevor Reza as your starter and having covered him last year in Miami, not a knock on Trevor, fine person and everything else. But I just don't know how reliable an option it is. You're not getting much offense out of him. You're getting defense in theory, but I I don't know if that's necessarily your best starting lineup here. So that's, it's an interesting question here. And the Lakers don't have a lot of wiggle room here. I mean, their, their, their goal is a title as it always is with LeBron. And I think, you know, you've got AD there, and you're hoping that he'll continue on this trend of of being upfront about what his role is. But I don't, I don't see him sticking to it. I don't see LeBron sticking to you know playing off ball or anything like that. Or, or Frank kind of Vogel, his,
0: yeah. like I mean, you look at that starting lineup. You mentioned Trevor Reese at this point; he's more reputationally a good defender than he actually is at this point of his career. Wayne Ellington has never been a good defender, and if you're going to start those two guys with Westbrook, who does not like to play defense, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, then you're looking at And look, I'll give LeBron credit last year. He did try really hard on defense, and the Lakers ended up being the number one defense in the league last year despite Anthony Davis missing half the season. But you're looking at that starting lineup is much different than a starting lineup that includes Alex Caruso and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, guys who are actually good defenders. That starting lineup has only two guys who I trust to be a good defender on a night-in, night-out basis. That's Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and that's three other places where teams can attack. Russell Westbrook has all the talent in the world. He can be a good defender. We'll see if that's part of their war room agreement is that he's locked in. Um, Again, how many bottles of wine before he starts agreeing to play defense. I wonder. Yeah. Just keep feeding him wine. This the other interesting part before we move on from this is like, we've known LeBron has been like the shadow GM for years and years. Basically he moved, he left Miami in order to become a shadow GM in Cleveland and then later in Los Angeles. But uh, this is kind of the first article that's come out and just, kind of laid it all out there, right? Like I don't remember reading anything that this was this detailed um, and this in depth about, this is how LeBron James constructed the team this year. Not only from Russell Westbrook, but calling Carmelo Anthony and being like, it's time in the most dramatic way possible. And then hanging up the phone. That's again, I imagine him doing it in the war room, just like calling Anthony Davis from like a landline or calling Carmelo Anthony from a landline, smoking a cigar in one hand and just be like, it's time. And then like Carmelo being like, who is this? And then him just like hanging up the phone. but this is like the
1: most just blatant story ever about LeBron being the GM, right? Right. Yeah. Can we just dispel with the notion of tampering and everything else? Like, I mean, as Miami and right. Chicago await a judgment from the league as to whether or not they tampered to acquire Kyle Lowry and orlando Paul, It's just like, here we have this war room with his wine and cigar and this incredibly elaborate lighting and everything else. And, and LeBron saying, no, no, I want you. Don't want you. Come to my team. We'll figure it out somehow. And like, regardless of whether or not these teams have general managers that can actually arrange for these deals or not, it's just a matter of whether or not LeBron wants to have this team. So I, I do find that interesting. I'm also okay with it because it's perfectly reasonable for players who want to decide uh, where they want to play, even if it kind of forces their teams into a sticky situation where they have to force these trades or accept a deal with Montrez Harrell and Contavious Caldwell, pope and Kyle Kuzma in exchange for Russell Westbrook, which I still think is a very good deal for Washington. But I'm just, I'm just curious. I think the general public will say, well, LeBron's been running the league for years anyway. Now we get actual evidence of that. Right. Uh, that's a little strange. Uh, and I wonder how the league handles that. I, I don't think they can react too publicly. They've got enough on their hands right now. So I don't think right. they can challenge LeBron uh, knowing that he can sway a lot of pra- favor. Uh, if he is positive and and focuses on the the good things that the league has to offer this year. That's right.
0: Uh, Ben Simmons wasn't at Sixers Media Day. Why the organization isn't ready to give up on him just yet, plus why I'm concerned about Zion Williamson's latest injury. But first, David, tell the listeners
1: about Sleeper. Well, in 2018, the fantasy sports expert over at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense. It required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper and Game Pick. Owners pick a single game per week for each starter count towards your team's total score, ensuring an even number of games being played between opponents the days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. Whether you prefer a redraft, a keeper, or Dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper, crack the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. And believe me, you want to get started with that now because we're back and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season, another exciting weekend of NFL action and college football. As always, bet online, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface that use even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet in line, the fastest and easiest way to bet in all your sports action. You're online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. As expected,
0: Ben Simmons wasn't present at Sixers Media Day on Monday, and his absence was the subject of plenty of discussion. Asked about Ben Simmons, who has requested a trade from the Sixers, in case you're just catching up here, Joel Embiid, his teammate, said, quote, of course we want him back. He's a big piece of what we've been building this past few years. And Bede also added, I really hope he changes his mind. That sentiment was echoed by Daryl Morey who said that he hopes to reconcile with Simmons, also mentioning the situation between the Green Bay Packers and uh, Aaron Rodgers as a as a, an example of, hey, you know, we can mend fences here. That's evidence that teams and players can mend fences. David, do you think that this can be fixed by the start no, of the season? Not.
1: Absolutely not. I I found it to be so completely laughable and disingenuous when the whole city of Philadelphia, when uh, practically the whole team, like they're saying publicly, what are they going to say? They don't want to make themselves look any worse. And and I hate that we've gone to the point now where the narrative has forced me to defend Ben Simmons of all people who I think a lot of, you know, smart minded people have criticized and probably rightfully so for a number of reasons. There's not to say that Ben has been a perfect basketball player by any stretch of the imagination. He cost the team the playoffs. I think he struggled at times throughout his career, but he's also a very solid player, a very good defender, perhaps even on a Hall of Fame track, if he continues developing. At the same time, you've got his teammates who threw him under the bus. You you had a coach who publicly criticized him, uh, you know, maybe that's somewhat interpretive. But at the same time, I think he didn't defend him, which is something you necessarily want from a player. Like, you just want to have a, a healthy work environment. Ben doesn't feel like he has that in Los Angeles. He said it. He already told his teammates, allegedly, don't bother coming to visit me. I don't want to talk to you guys. Like, this is really, really dramatic. But at the same time, I just... I, I don't think he wants to get along with these guys anymore. And sometimes you just need a change of scenery. And I think he'll find it. And And for him... Or his agent to say he just wants to play anywhere i mean does that include teams like sacramento does that team include teams like cleveland or anywhere else that are struggling and obviously rebuilding i'm curious No, it does not probably not probably <laughs> not but at the same time i know it does not include philadelphia he does not right. want to be there and i think it's just that bridge is burned uh i would have actually preferred i think if if guys like Embiid and and tobias and others had just said no look he wants to move on more power to him we're done rather than just throwing it out there and saying no, no, we totally want him back, even though he obviously sucks. And we all know he needs to work on his jumper and everything else. Like, and he also mentioned that too. It's like, you've seen the videos, you know what he needs to work on. It's like, all right, you're not helping. Thanks a lot, Joel. Um, It's one thing for Ben Simmons to
0: be in a disagreement with the front office and the coaching. Like, that's the difference between his situation and the Aaron Rodgers situation. Aaron Rodgers was really upset with the general manager, with the head coach in some respects, uh, but was never upset with his teammates. And that's the difference with Ben Simmons is he's upset with Daryl Morey. He's upset with Doc Rivers for all the things like not defending him, trying to trade him, all this stuff. And because like, like Daryl Morey is like, Hey, like he has to be traded like during the uh, draft combine in in Chicago. It's like, well, you were trying to trade him at the beginning of last season for James Harden. So who was really, who really like blinked first here? Um, but he's also upset with his teammates who also like Joel B, have kind of thrown him under the bus and not really defended him so much after that Atlanta Hawks series. And I think he feels betrayed by them. And, and, and that's the reason why they are like, Hey, let's, fl- we'll fly to LA and send or wherever it was. And, and, you know, men fences. And he's like, no, nah, you know what? I'm done with these guys. Yeah. I don't know how you come back from that. Again, you could Usually in this situation, again, with Aaron Rodgers, you say, all right, Aaron, eventually he went back, Aaron Rodgers went back to the Packers, said, I'm doing this for my teammates, I'm doing it for the fans. But the fans have been anti-Ben Simmons for a long, they've been trying to trade Ben Simmons for years now, longer than Philadelphia has been, and, uh, and he's not getting along with his teammates. So what is the reason for Ben Simmons to return to Philly and, and make everything hunky-dory? Like, there isn't one that I see,
1: at least. So... No, yeah, I, I just I can't imagine this being a salvageable relationship. Oh. Like, I mean, if you have local area newscasters comparing you to a floating waste trash can, you know, down in a flooded area, there, I, I just. You know, what is that, that that quote about uh oh ben simmons uh, trying to rush to get out of town as they show like a, a trash can being floated away outside of a flooded area there in philadelphia I, it's just it's that's great. irreparable uh yeah. yeah not great and i just i can't see him ever playing there again I, I just can't imagine that this would probably be akin to like lebron coming back to cleveland in 2010 when he first joined miami i, I can't the, the level of hatred there and look philadelphia you know the city that uh you know somewhat notoriously booed santa claus and mm-hmm. threw things at santa claus i mean i Ben Simmons is not going to make it out of the the city of brotherly love in one piece. I'll tell you that much. Pelicans president of basketball
0: operations, David Griffin revealed that Zion Williamson underwent surgery on his right foot right after summer league. Zion was practicing with the Pelicans in Las Vegas, uh, injured his right foot there went underwent surgery shortly after Um, the Pelicans do expect that Zion will be ready for the start of the regular season. He's he will probably miss training camp in the preseason.
1: Um, How big of a concern should this be for new Orleans? huge uh yeah. i mean i saw pelicans yeah. guys saying oh boy this here we go again uh, mm-hmm. i just it always seems like he's always gonna have these nagging injuries he looked a little hefty and, and i hate you know media day part of it is you know analyzing these players bodies and muscle watch and everything else but you look at zion and he does look a little bit larger than i last remembered him and it looks like he has not done a lot to to lose weight and to get into kind of conditioning shape that he probably needs to be for the rest of his career and especially now if he's got a, a foot injury too that's going to be uh, impacting him throughout the rest of the season and and those kinds of things don't get better you just add more pressure to it you're going to have to deal with that for a number of years now so I would be legitimately concerned because he is your franchise player you didn't win the offseason you struck out at a number of deals you couldn't bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry or somebody else now all of a sudden you're 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 Kind of just you're forced to build around Zion. And if he's not healthy and he's not in shape, then what are you building yeah. on? And I just I have no idea how the Pelicans move forward from this with any kind of positivity because I was curious to see what they were going to be able to do this regular season. Now I'm just kind of more like watching a train wreck and seeing what happens next.
0: Uh it sucks. I mean, this flatly <laughs> sucks. I mean, I remember talking to you, I think it was last week about Zion and just how you know at Duke he was a highlight machine, a highlight factory. Right. And in in right. New Orleans, it hasn't been without great moments and he was one of the best players in the league to finish last season when he got healthy but it's just been time and time again these lower body injuries and it and like those injuries date back to duke and um i would be hugely concerned if i'm a new orleans pelicans fan and i've seen some of the reasoning being like oh well they didn't even announce the surgery when it happened so it must have not been a big deal i have the opposite reaction i'm like they didn't announce the surgery because they knew the react the the they didn't announce the surgery because they knew what the reaction would be because right. it is such a big deal because it is their star player. It is the franchise player that they are building everything around. And if you get rid of Zion Williamson, then I don't know what you're building around. Like Brandon Ingram's fine. You're not building around him. Uh, I, I I have a lot of concerns for the Pelicans. I have a lot of concerns for Zion because he had so much promise. He was a, a blue chip prospect, a Tim Duncan level player uh, picked at number one. You knew exactly how his career was going to end up if he stayed healthy. The problem is he hasn't. Um, all Um right. In lighter news, David Letterman showed up at the Brooklyn Nets Media Day. And I will say this, probably the most interesting person at Brooklyn Nets Media Day. I am not interested in at all what those star players have to say because they are notoriously bad quotes. But um, David Letterman, uh, first of all, um, asked Kevin Durant why they call him KD.
1: (laughs) So I saw a lot of different perspectives on this I think the negative one is obviously like it makes a mockery of media day which is in and of itself a mockery as I've said many many times every 30 teams all think they're going to make the playoffs and win a championship and they're always on media day, Uh, rarely the case, and so you know, for Dave to be out there and kind of make light of a situation. It was funny. I thought his comments were funny. I've always liked Letterman. I like his acerbic type of humor, but also I saw the different perspective where they kind of trotted him out there to kind of deflect from some of the negativity that Kyrie has rightfully brought on himself and the franchise. And if that's the case, and that kind of feels a little bit. uh, Yeah. I don't, I don't
0: don't see David Letterman at this point in his career, being somebody who gets trotted out anywhere. I would imagine that this is something that he's doing for his Netflix show or just for publicity in general, you know, I don't think Letterman's not a guy that's getting trotted out somewhere. Um, yeah, but that's fair. I yeah. can see that too. And so I think he was just making a mockery out of Media Day. Like, if that's the criticism, I think that's exactly what he was doing. Like, hey, this is stupid. And I think that people like you and I who cover this stuff know it's stupid. Yeah. And I and I do appreciate David Letterman just going out there. I, I like the Kevin Durant question, like why they call you KD, and then Kevin Durant's oh, the response. That's best one.
1: Yeah. The best, the best one, one also was how said.
0: much percent are you giving? <laughs> that was the best
1: one. Absolutely. And he said 110%. He's like, oh, oh 110. Okay. Wow. That's a Yeah, that's a yeah, great that's the right answer there. Glad so, to hear.
0: <laughs> <Good laughs> I wish I Kevin Durant is so dry. And I think I was I was a little unfair to Kevin Durant, just 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 now when I said all these guys are boring quotes Kevin Durant 80% of the time is an awful quote 20% of the time he's amazing time. 20 20% of the time he's a very good quote when he's in the mood uh, I would have thought that a summer with not dealing with media he would have came to media day kind of in one of his better moods turns out that that wasn't the case and he didn't like the day he clearly did not like the date of David Letterman
1: family. I thought he was okay with it I thought he was okay with it yeah I thought at yeah. first he was like what is this real then he realizes Dave Letterman and I mean I don't even think Kevin Durant really knows who David Letterman is. Well, not with be that beard, <laughs> he does look a little different than when he was hosting his show. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know who K- if KD knows who he is. Maybe he kind of just was clued in and later on said, "Look, guys, we've got Kevin. You know, we've got David Letterman here in the audience. He's going to ask you some stupid questions. Just kind of roll with it." And if that's the case, maybe KD kind of played it off. I, I, you know, it was interesting to see the back and forth there, and I think he gave the right, typically typical answer of 110 percent too. So you know, it, it was yeah. funny to see that interaction. There was a little bit, I think,
0: yeah, I think you're right. There was a little bit of jest. He enjoyed it a little bit. And then after like the third or fourth David Letterman question, he was like, all right, that's enough. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that's enough, I think that's enough for us today, David. That'll do it for us. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you get your podcasts. You can find David and I here next Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find David over at Locked on Heat. You can find me over at Locked on Warriors. Um, But that's it. Thanks for subscribing on YouTube, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Um, And we'll catch you next time.
1: Excellent segue, by
0: the way.